Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Sylvia Global Radio. You're listening to Devoted Moms with Tasha and Regina, an hour of engaging conversation for women who embrace the career of being a full-time mom. Hello, 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 Devoted Mom. Happy Thursday, and thank you for joining us on our new time. Hope that doesn't change too many, uh, um, and you can still continue to follow us. But we will be coming on at 12.30 Eastern time from now on. Happy, happy Thursday. Hey, Regina. Hey, C. Pasha. How are you, darling? Hi, Devoted Mom. Fabulous. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Oh, and we have our special guest, Rebecca, with us. Oh, it's exciting. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. <laughs> well, you know, we were on last week. We had um, Dr. Barry, and I have to say, after that show, I was so excited. You know how you just get the, the adrenaline rush? Like, yeah. you feel like you were a part of something really good. Yeah. And so today to be able to follow up in our series, well, actually to finish off our series um, on moms and mental health and figuring out how we can better um, activate systems for mental health for our children. And so we've got a special guest today, um, Rebecca, and we're excited that you're here Um because you've got quite a story, and I can't wait to hear more about it. I've just heard a snippet of it, and um, I just want to thank you for coming and on and um, being, being willing to share your story. Thank you very much. I see you've talked with my sister. Yes. <laughs> I love your sister. Okay, oh, let me awesome. give a big shout out to Sarah because I love her mom. <laughs> coming out into this month to stay with us for two weeks and I am so excited and my kids oh. are so excited and it's like yeah. Hey. yeah. Tasha and I are both um only girls in our families um, that we grew up in and so our sisterhood has to happen, you know yeah. much later on. But uh I have two girls and to watch how sisterhood plays out with them is really it's really I mean I'm, I'm just learning so much about yeah, relationships and how they give and take and so I I um it's very different with two girls as opposed to a boy and a girl because yeah, I have yeah. one of each mm-hmm. and it, it's very different to watch them interact with each other based on the experiences they have with people in their communities right. but I, I sometimes wish if they could just think the same way it would be so much easier on me <laughs> exactly <laughs> How boring would that be, though? Oh, you know? I have days. <laughs> you know, like a little boring would be. Nice. <laughs> I can't imagine. You know, last night at um at bedtime, you know, the girls we did our reading time, and then they went upstairs, and um when they got upstairs, they I, I usually go upstairs and tuck them in, and I've never tucked, so I'm not really sure what that means. So. I kissed them and hugged them and told them to go get in the bed. And so I hear, like, about 15 minutes later, like, this laughing, like, there's a party going on. And I'm like, is somebody having great dreams? What's up? And and part of me was like, I wanted to go upstairs. I grabbed, you know, the little attention getter tool that I use sometimes. And <laughs> I tipped up the stairs. I'm going to sneak and pop one in. And um, and Tasha will tell you I'm not one that likes to touch my kids like that. So, but I was just like, are they disrespecting my wishes? What's going on here? And then on the way up, I had a moment for my spirit to calm me down and say, hold on a second. You know, they're sisters. I can remember how many times my mother and father yelled up the stairs. I said, go to sleep. (laughs) So I go up and, you know, they're both in Indira's bed. You know, and they're both trying to play like they're asleep. 
And so, they, you know, they're doing the, and then Dira's trying right. to laugh. And I'm trying to be the disciplinary, you know, mommy. And I just couldn't. And so I said, I just want to stand here and see how long can they fake this sleep. Right. <laughs> and I finally, Sydney just couldn't take it anymore. She just opened her eyes and was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the other day she asked me when I gave her that mommy look. Now, is that a look I should be concerned about? Should I be doing something different with that look? Good question. <laughs> yes. So I just, I said, you know, you are going to be really tired in the morning and go to sleep. Yes, mommy. Now, Indira still got her eyes closed. She's smiling and her eyes are like flickering. And I said, right, and Indira, right. quit playing. <laughs> they just busted out laughing. And, you know, because I just, you know, I know it could have been so different if I didn't have that walk up to think about what are you going to reinforce here? You know, what right. what is it? And, you know, I just wanted them to be sleep. <laughs> but clearly they were having a good time about something. They were. And, they were. you know, I, I, I didn't want to be disruptive on that. I don't think that would have been yeah. really fair. Though I did have it in hand, though. <laughs> Just in case. Just I know. Case. So, um, Tasha and I usually check in just a little bit with each other, and we actually wanted to um, talk a little bit about kind of what's going on in the in the world right now. Um, there's lots of interesting things happening in our own lives, but also we want to, um, you know, maybe if the devoted moms haven't had a time a chance to flip on a TV or hit the internet for some news. We wanted to just talk about some of the things that's interesting that moms might be um, want to know more about and can go seek out. So how was your week, Tosh? My week has been great, actually. I've had a really good week, busy week. Um, but I just, for me personally, have been, you know, so touched by the story of Amanda Berry and her rescuer, um, mm-hmm. Charles Ramsey. Yeah, um, I've watched, it, watched and listened to a couple of his interviews and I love Charles Ramsey. For the record, let it be known, I love him too. I I, love him too. Yes. Something's got to be wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I'm loving his spirit. I love his honesty. Um, He's so genuine. You know, and not. I just, I just love it. I love his last interview when he said, you know, he took out his paycheck. He said, I got my paycheck. You give that money. He said, give that money to the girl, you know, that were kidnapped. He doesn't want any rest, any money from the FBI. So that that story has really touched my heart. And really, mm-hmm. I guess, the, you know, it's such a happy occasion. Um, but one of the sad parts of it is that, you know, Amanda's mother unfortunately passed away before oh. she had before she had the opportunity to, to really see that her daughter was still alive. So she never stopped looking for her. And I know as moms here on the show and and moms listening to us all around the world, you know, we wouldn't stop. We probably would continue until we found our children. And and speaking about mental health and maybe some of the, you know, post-traumatic stress that these girls um, are probably going to experience for a little while um, after everything dies down and all the excitement dies down of being home. But... um, it's definitely something to celebrate, and again, I thank you, Charles Ramsey, for following that voice and not right. continuing to walk away with your big neck. <laughs> you know, I think what he also showed um, is I think that good things are good things happen every day, and it's, you know, with such instant media exposure, you know, we tend to see a lot of the bad. And I just, I hope that, you know, that this inspires um, Americans and just humans to really, you know, it it makes me want to go and knock one of my neighbor's doors and say, I'd really like to come in for a minute. (laughs) Let me just see if you're hiding small children. We we call it, well, you know, we call it um, going Miss Kravitz. And I don't know if you all remember Bewitched. Right. But the show Bewitched and Miss Kravitz was her neighbor, the nosy neighbor. 
And so we'll say, I just had a Miss Kravitz moment, you know, because we're like, we've got a set of twins that live next door, and we didn't see them for months. And we were like, there was a twin sighting. <laughs> and it's just because they're teenagers, and when they come in and come out, we're not, you know, it's just timing. But we were just thinking, like, <laughs> maybe we should go knock on it. <laughs> and say, neighbor, I just want to see if you got some rent. I just, I thank God for him. Um, and I'm, oh, and just, just very clear about, you know, about who, um, what happened, and also the state of race in America. You know, when he said, you know, something's wrong when a little pretty white girl comes running into the arms of a black man. <laughs> oh. That was the best line ever. I'm sorry. That was the best line ever. You know, and being from Alabama, <laughs> I was the first thing I did was like, I gotta call my dad to make sure he saw. <laughs> but you know, I I I think that we're very fortunate in that we do get to see um, and embrace those moments of um, you know those moments of of when human to human um, results in something really good. And you know what we also want to think about, and I know something that I'm going to be praying for is, um, you know, there's a child involved now right. who whose father um, will be held accountable for his actions. Right. Um, but I also just think about, you know, the mother of the child, because I'm not sure if she belongs to Amanda or if she belongs to Gina or another person. So. I just want to send, you know, a really positive energy to um, the mothering of that child and just knowing uh, it's never easy being a parent, but um, I'm really glad that they are out of that parenting situation um, in, in a, a hopefully a more supportive and nurturing environment. So, so that was, that was, that was, a, that was a big plus for this week. Um, I also wanted to talk or just bring the attention. There was an open letter to Michelle Obama, first lady, um, about Beyonce um, being a role model. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. And so um, it just talked about how um, if there's someone that we're going to deem a role model, that we as mothers really need to investigate them in totality. And it was mostly around, I mean, Beyonce is incredibly talented in so many ways. Um, but does she have to be so sexualized, knowing that lots of little girls are looking at her, and the first lady of the United States is holding her up as um, someone to emulate? So I don't know, Tasha, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that sounds a hard one because I think that there are definitely times when she wants to be viewed as a role model. Um, she's had songs like Independent Woman and Girls Rock. And, you know, I'm thinking about a couple of, you know, songs where she has really put herself out there trying to inspire um, young girls. You know, and then on the flip side, she'll come out with, you know, Be Bow Down, um, <laughs> which is not so inspiring. <laughs> And uh, I think sometimes she stretches, pushes the envelope. You know, mm -hmm. every CD gets more racy and, um, you know, a little more revealing. And so she has moved, I think, from that realm of wanting to be a role model into something else. And so I would really like to see more of focus on her talent. And she's mm -hmm. such a hard worker. I mean, my husband talks about all the time. She's the hardest working woman in this industry. Right. And I think that is what I want to, sh to shine to my daughter, mm -hmm. um, and even my son, as a woman who runs her own business and is an entrepreneur and who also is very, very talented. Those are the things that I want him to look for in a woman and how I want my daughters to aspire to be and not have to do all the other stuff because their talent will speak for itself right. and not her legs or her chest, or her behind. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Rebecca, have you seen that article that was the the open letter that I'm talking about? I was just reading it on the other side of my screen. 
<laughs> Gotta love technology, girl. Gotta love it. I, I love being plugged in. I really do. I think Beyonce um, is a role model because of all the wonderful things you've said. And I think a lot of how I feel she was sexualized early on was her earlier work. I don't feel she's quite so um, physically revealing now as she used to be. I'm a big fan of her work. I love all of her songs. I'm not going to lie, when Single Lady came out, I was trying to do it. It wasn't happening. <laughs> Turns out, no, yeah. you have to be a really great dancer to make that work. I think she is a great role model. I think kind of there aren't a lot of really strong, amazing women that our daughters are interested in. Like you could hold up some politicians, not a lot of them, but some of them and be like, this woman has made change. Look, you should be like her. Mm-hmm. But there aren't a lot of, my daughter won't care. My daughter wants to go dance and sing and have a good time. And Beyonce has been successful at this. So I wish she was less sexual, but I think she's still a good role model. I think it would be an excellent opportunity to have a conversation with my daughter about what right. I want to describe. Yeah, we talked about, um, one of the words we use a lot in my house is um, when something's appropriate. Um, and so the girls will say, well, Mommy, is that appropriate? That doesn't seem very appropriate. So um, I'm not sure which um, article you're looking at, but I'm looking at the one that YouTube, I mean, that Yahoo posted. And it's got a picture. She's just started her world tour, which is, um, uh, you know, just started. And I guess this was like her first, it, it's a kickoff. And it's a Miss okay. Car- Mrs. Carter um, show world tour is the name of it, which is cool because she is promoting marriage, yay. Right. Uh, but her opening outfit um, pretty leaves, pretty much leaves nothing to the imagination as far as her breasts. You know, and like I'm really gonna have to close it because it's a little distracting. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. It's a little distracting. Um, so, but what it, uh, it what the article really kind of talks about is is they make the link around um, girls. Uh, there's a, a quote in here that in the USA, the average age of a girl when she's trafficked for sex is 13. Um, and some of the lure may very well be, you know, a man saying, you know, I can I can get you clothes and dress you up to look like a Beyonce. And so it's just saying being, being very careful. But I think, Rebecca, when you said that you make it a part of a conversation, I think, you know, I think there's all sorts of influences. And right, right. unless we talk it through with our children, then we really – you know, we are leaving them to uh, be very open um, yeah, yeah. and and, and influenced uh, in a way that right, we right. may not agree with. So I think you're you're right. I did have to turn that picture off though. <laughs> I just saw it, and uh, I agree. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I was looking at the Google the Google post about the Yahoo thing. Uh-huh. The amount of links you can get to find the original document. Yeah, right. so much work. Just, just trust me on it. I believe you. <laughs> you know, we'll hold a night after the kids go down. So, so right. I'm stumble yeah. in and see that. Rebecca, I also wanted to get your thoughts around um, Charles Ramsey and Amanda and Gina being um, rescued. I, I've only kind of a little bit followed it. I'm graduating from college this week, so I had finals. Oh, <laughs> So I just sort of picked up on the last two days because my last final was Tuesday on hearing about it. What disturbs me, I mean, it's wonderful that he discovered, he felt like this isn't the right kind of situation. I need to intervene. That's great. Right. Mm-hmm. What's disturbing is that, you know, this little white girl is running a black man's arm. Something's wrong. I'm like, oh, okay. It hurts. I've got a mixed family. My son is part Asian. And you're like, I don't. I remember being a parent, holding my son, and they'd be like, what is he mixed with? Be like, mm-hmm. cinnamon. So yeah. it's sad that 10 years later we're still in that place where we think everyone has to go. That's the little piece that like me. I think he's awesome in the interviews. You're like, you are just a really grounded, kind of cool dude. Mm-hmm. So I like him, and I'm so glad they found her, and I, it's sad that she's, her mother wasn't there for it. 
Okay. Um, good point. Very good point. It is sad, and I, um, because I have a somewhat um, ambiguous uh, racial look, I've often been asked, you know, what are you mixed with? And at different stages in my life, Rebecca, I have to say, um, I had different answers. And in my earlier years, more immature years, I would say, sperm and egg, what are you mixed with? And then as I really got to be, you know, trying to figure out my own identity and comfortable in my own skin, I would say, so let me understand this. You want to know who my mother slept with to make me. Do I know you that well? (laughs) That would be a complete stranger. I'm not kidding you. I thought it was a curse. Um, It would be a complete stranger, someone who doesn't even know my name would walk wow. up to, and they would start. Akash, I don't know if you've ever been with me, but I've had friends who have been with me where it happens, and they'll say, um, can I ask you a question? And so you're like, I don't even, I don't know if this going to influence, what, what is this going to do for you? And so now, right. you know, I just realized that um, there's a lot more um, that people are curious about and, um and I just, I want to show them God's love. And so um, I don't get it as much anymore. And it might be because I live in a place uh, that there's lots of people that look like me. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> a lot to do with it. They're not black yeah. or white either. I mean, there's lots right. of mixtures. And so yeah. um, so I, it, it you get some tough skin. And so your mm-hmm. son will learn how to respond to it. Um in the way that makes him feel empowered. But it, it was, I can remember, it was very hurtful. Uh, you know, you just felt like you had, like, a sign on your head, like, just ask me anything. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Well, um, you know, I wanted to um, dive into, you know, our topic of the show today. Even some of the things we've been talking about still kind of intertwine into, you know, our main topic of the show today. But um, as our um, faithful weekly listeners know, we've been talking about um, kind of being an advocate for your child and specifically in the area of their mental health. They think sometimes with their physical health, we tend to uh, just be on top of it. And as soon as something is not right or there's a slight fever or they're doing something that is out of the norm physically, um, we either get on the phone, get online, or get to an appointment um, with their pediatrician and make sure that everything checks out. And I'm one of those moms as well where if I think something is not you know, right or just a little off, I'm okay with going to a doctor and letting them tell me it's nothing instead of me just kind of saying, oh, it's probably nothing. Uh, especially if it's after maybe a 24-hour period. Um, but sometimes with our mental, with their mental health, we aren't um, maybe as on top of it, or maybe we try to, you know, figure out maybe it's something else or it'll just go away. And um, so the last couple of weeks we've been talking about it. We've been talking with professionals. We spoke with Dr. Barry last week, who was very insightful. And the biggest takeaway that I took last week with her was being an advocate for your child. You know your child better than anybody else. And so if there is something going on, we're usually the first one devoted mom to pick it up. Or I just even should say devoted parents. Um, right. You know, we're the we're the first ones that, that pick it up. And uh, and so we should be the ones that then take that next step and just look a little bit further into what what the possibilities are, if there are any. So today we have um, Rebecca, who affectionately likes to be called Belle. Oh, and, I love it. Um, yes, thank you. We have Belle on, who is a mother of two, um, <laughs> who has dealt with these these very um, very issues that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. And so we just wanted to speak with her about her experience, not just to be a voyeur into her life and, you know, get all nosy, but for us to actually learn what are some of the things that you saw? What is this, and what did you do, and what steps did you take in order to to really be an advocate for your child? Because I know that there are moms listening out there right now who are just nervous and don't know what to do next, and should I do anything? And that's why we wanted to do this show and speak with you specifically, Belle. So thank you for being on with us. Yeah. And just tell us a little bit about your family and, and your your children. Um. Well. 
I'm bipolar. I was diagnosed after I had my daughter, so I had this unfortunate um, experience knowing that something might be wrong with my kids. When my son was like 18 months, he started being focused on lining things up and being very precise and everything having to be in order. And at first I was like, oh, he, he loves trains. He loves trains. And then it became, we're talking about trains again. Oh, trains. <laughs> Everything would be trains all the time. This lasted for four years. When he was about five, I said, something's not okay. My son can't do anything. He can't focus in kindergarten. He's not paying attention to friendships. He has no desire to make friends. Because he can come home and play with trains. He wanted to take them to school. He didn't want to interact. He wanted to have them at the table. They had to be there if he was okay. So I finally ended up going and saying, my sister was looking at the time saying, I think something's wrong. And she and I sat down and at the same time stopped screaming on my daughter, which I'll get to. But I took him to a doctor and they ran a whole bunch of tests. They said he's getting all the nutrients he needs. Perfectly, perfectly healthy. And I'm like, oh, I failed as a parent. Something's wrong. Hmm. So they're like, go take him to a therapist. Let him see someone. So I took him in, and that's the hardest thing to do is to say, I'm going to take my child, who is a little weird, and I'm going to let someone tell me that I can't fix this. You know, it's not something I can give him some medication or keep him from doing something, it's going to be a lifelong struggle. So we took him in. They told us he was ADHD, which is not true. He was misdiagnosed um, in California, and then about that time we ended up moving out to Georgia. We're an Army family. And when we got here, they ran the whole series of tests again, and they were like, you know, it looks like he's suffering from obsessive compulsive disorder. The only problem is he doesn't have any compulsions. He's just 100% focused on something. And as he's gotten older, it's changed. God, it's not trains anymore. I, I want to say the current one is Pokemon. Yeah, I think it's Pokemon. But um, it isn't something where they can say, here's the medication that is going to make the compulsion, the need to do this activity stop, and you'll be fine forever. With bipolar, they can medicate you. You learn to look for certain behaviors and say, hey, I'm about to be depressed, I need more medication, or I'm manic, I need to change my meds. With mm -hmm. obsessive-compulsive, you're just obsessive-compulsive. And you can dim it down, isn't the right word, but you can make it less intense. Mm -hmm. So my son, after we've been here three years, so after three years, we finally got into a point where He's made friends, and he's able to talk with people, and he doesn't have this kind of overwhelming fear that if he can't see, hear, or talk about what this thing is, that the world will end. And at some point, he was just like, I'm never going to have friends, Mom, that don't like Pokemon. And I'm like, yeah, you will. It'll be fine, I promise. Right, right, right. you like me. I can't stand them. <laughs> Not to say it's not a wonderful game. It's a great game. Um, I just, I hear about it constantly. Look, bad right. boy, a disclaimer now. <laughs> I should have led with it's a great game. sending you mean emails. Yeah. <laughs> the Hasbro people will be like, how dare you talk about it? It's the number one selling game in America. Yeah, it is. I'm keeping you in business. But, um, and, and that's the other piece is as a parent, I want to make him feel better. So I'm like, here's a Pokemon card. I had to learn to change my behavior and say, no, you can't have whatever you want. You can't you can't have this thing that makes it quieter, easier, simpler for me to get you to do what I need. You need to earn it. You need to have it in small increments. And you need to decide how important is this. Like, like teaching Keegan to rank things was the hardest thing. Is it family that's most important? Is it... Is, is, wow. It started off with, is eating more important than playing with Pokemon cards? Because my son is notorious for not eating. He'll forget, or he just won't like it, or whatever the trigger it is in his head that says, food, meh. So then it's, okay, so is Pokemon more important than being nice to your sister? Is it more important than your family? Is it more important than everything? 
you start with get him out of bed, and then you get up to the point where you're like, see, it's just kind of small little things that we can do in very small portions. And that was that was hard to do, but he got there. Keegan is very intelligent. A lot of times when you have a child who suffers from a mental illness, they are intelligent, and you know they're bright, and you you can't understand why they just can't see around the behavior. And that is a very challenging thing to deal with as a parent, is to say, my child has no ability to understand that this isn't okay, because to him, this makes everything work. Right. Right. And then when my daughter, my daughter was really our hard one. Um, my daughter suffers from depression caused by adjustment disorder. Again, we've had so much testing done that we've got it down to science. Mm -hmm. It's harder because um, my son isn't with my husband, so part of my brain is like, well, it's probably just my fault. It's not a problem. You know, I, I probably did something wrong. But because I had my daughter and my husband and I were both there, my husband was finally like, you need to get her tested too. We have the guy. We're here. She's old enough. Do the work. Right. So because of that, um, because of that, when we took Leona in, okay, sorry, my mom was there. Um, when we took Leona in to get tested, he was he gives you what it is is you get a test. The teacher gets a test to take on the child's behalf, and then he does evaluations with him. For me, I was like, yes, she's always telling me she wants to kill herself. Yes, she's always upset, and this is my six-year-old, you know, my little baby girl is telling me wow. I'd rather just die. Yeah. Yeah. And and then, um, her, but her teacher would be like, she's the most angelic child, and she's wonderful and roses, and I'm like, no. I don't know who you have in that classroom, but could you send her home? So my daughter was very good at keeping it together for her teachers, for her friends, but when she came home, it was like this was a safe enough place that she could actually express how she felt. So that was very stressful for, for me. And then to go in and, and the doctor's like, well, I think, you know, you're the problem here because, you know, you have all these repetitive results. I'm like, listen, I sat there, I took this test, I talked about it with people. I'm like, am I being unreasonable? And he was just like, I don't think it's her, I think it's you. So I went into therapy and nine yards and then I got back to Leona and I was like you know nothing I've done has fixed her I'm trying but so wow. we went back in and I've, I've gone back to her therapist about three times finally we got a diagnosis where he says you know I think she is depressed and he talked with her for like months before he finally admitted I might be right as a parent because you know I live with my child I might have a clue how she feels Wow. And that was that was the hardest one was going back in and saying, No, you're wrong. I know that it looks like it's me, but I promise you she's suffering. It's not just me who says it, it's everyone who lives with her. It's my sister who talks to her on the phone from California is like, You need to get her help. And you think when someone keeps telling you, Oh, it's you, oh, it's you a part of it probably is the parenting. You do have to change your parenting when you have children with mental illness. But you have to believe that you know best for your kids and you have to believe that taking them to the therapist and being an advocate for them will prevent them from some of the horrible things that can happen to people who have mental illness. And it's an ongoing struggle. I mean, neither one of my children are on medication because my daughter's done better through therapy and my son's done better through therapy and I wanted to wait till the end. So I wanted how do I say it? I wanted the least amount of medication to be the most effective. So if you medicate when the problem's at middling, where you could maybe handle it with behavioral therapy, then when you get to the point where you definitely need medication, it's, you have to take more of it. I wanted him to have a shot at it. And Keegan's managed to handle it pretty good. And Leona is, is getting better. Unfortunately, we're, we're probably looking at moving again soon because we're in the Army and going to re-trigger up everything again. But we now have wow. the tools to deal with that. So. That's my story. Amazing, amazing story, Rebecca. <laughs> wow. Wow. My really amazing. You know, Rebecca, I just want to thank you um, just on behalf of, um, you know, other moms. You know, first that you all, you're an Army mom and wife is incredible. Um, and so thank you for your service. <laughs> 
And um, what I'm hearing from you also, Bill, is that you obtain the tools. Like you said, the next move probably won't be as difficult because you've got some tools to work with. And I'm just really happy that your children have you as an advocate. You're awesome. You rock. Um, there would have been a lot of parents, and I can't say that I wouldn't have been one of them that would have been like, yes, I was wrong. <laughs> you know, because you, know, you don't want to be wrong when you want to be right. However, <laughs> when you're right yeah. about something, you know, that um, has a stigma to it, uh, oh, yeah. that means that not only do I have to navigate and negotiate the other parts of the world, but now here's a, some more. Um, it, it just gets overwhelming. And so, you know, how do you, um, what is your support system like? I have a devoted mom of my own. <laughs> my mother, um, when we came out, when, my, when we came out to Georgia, my parents were separated, and my mother said she'd come with us, and I was like, thank God, because I love you, and I could use the help. Okay. Um, so my mother lives with us, and she does help. My mother helps me manage my bipolar so that I can help my kids manage their problems. Right. And also, my kids go to therapy. I go to therapy. I have a very – I think I see their therapist as much as they see their therapist, where I'm like, okay, here's what's going on. These are the parenting techniques I'm using. They're not working. Let's try something new. What else can we do? Mm-hmm. And you have to be I, – I was talking with one of the moms on base, so she's like, to diagnose my child is ADD, and it's a lot of work. I'm like, you are at every single soccer game for the entire league, which is good. Sports are important. Take the same amount of time you dedicate to making him a great soccer player and make him a right. mentally healthy individual. And you do. It, it's not just something where you can be like, right. here's the kids, and you go fix them. I have to parent them. I have to help them. And I have to, um, I don't know how to say it. I have to help them learn how to deal with people who are going to be mean. Because there's a stigma against depressed children. ADHD is kind of like an accepted thing now, especially in our One of the most overdiagnosed things ever. Um, but depression, not so much. So it is hard to say to friends, like, um, she can't come out right now. She needs some time to calm down and refocus herself. And it's hard to say, I'm sorry, I can't get my son to leave his room today. I've been trying really, really hard. It's not working. So you kind of have have that piece. And I I wouldn't change my kids. Like, I love the people they're becoming, and I just, I hope that I don't screw them up, you know? No. I'd like to keep making them healthy. Yes, you're doing a great job. Thank you. You are. I you are doing a fabulous healthy. job. You know, and I just from, you know, having friends, um, you know, in my past that have, you know, uh, been, we've all been there, just been in some sort of kind of denial about what's going on with our kids only because, you know, sometimes, and I know Oprah says this all the time, like you you have this dream and this vision and this path for your children, and it started even when you found out the day you were pregnant. You know, you had this dream and vision for your children, and when something comes and throws you off of that path, or could possibly throw you off that path, you kind of go in denial and you still want to go down your path. You still want to stay the way that you thought it was supposed to be, and that's just not how it happens. And so for you to really know your child, see your child, and know, even when they diagnosed with ADD and you knew that that wasn't it, and you kept you kept going, and you kept trying to search for, you know, what was going on, even when they said it was you, you said, okay, I'll deal with me, and you went and did what you needed to do, and then you came back, and you said, look, I'm dealing with me, and that's not helping my child, it's helped me, but it's not helping her, so we're not over, and so it's not a, it's not a destination, it's a journey, and you stayed on that journey, um, as a mother and just kind of navigating through with your children and, and following their lead on how they need to go. And so I think, I commend you. I, you know, you've inspired me, you know, and you've um, really taught me some things that, you know, that I need to do even in my family to make sure that I'm, you know, really paying attention and open to what my children are going through. So, you know, I thank you for, for sharing your story with us. So where do you think you're moving? Do you know yet? Um we're hoping to get close to the West Coast again because mm-hmm. all our family is over there except my mom, obviously. But I learned from moving to Georgia, I've really fallen in love with it here, that yeah. I, I don't believe God sends you somewhere. You're not going to find something great. And 
I love Georgia. It's very humid. But other than that, it's it's been really this great experience. I've met some incredible people. The culture out here and the history, oh my gosh, I just I can't suck it up quick enough. So <laughs> I've been very excited to be here. So wherever the army sends us next, I'm gonna be excited to be there too. And wow. I, I'm kind of hoping it's not Kansas just because there's I'm I'm like I've lived thirty minutes from an ocean my whole life and I'm like four hours here, so that's Days away from an ocean. That'd be really hard. Yeah, there's no ocean in Kansas, baby. Yeah, but you know what? They have beautiful lakes and streams. But you know what? I think that your, you know, your, um, your approach or even your view that you'll, you'll find something wherever you are to embrace um, is something that our devoted moms need to hear. And I'm sure that that that's not easy every day. It's easier some days than others, um, but you are so um, you're so inspiring. I I have to say, Belle, I have a daughter who has an ADD um, diagnosis and also dyslexia, um, and I always knew something was going on, but I wasn't really sure about what it was or if she would just grow out of it. Right. Uh, but I have a a younger daughter who's seven, and she's flipping her D's and B's, and and I just don't want to, you know, I, I don't want her to have that again. And so you're making me feel responsible for being the parent that I have some information and I have uh, some support systems. Um, and so why wouldn't I? expose her to that and would I be delaying it if it was something like you know an unhealed sore on her lip yeah right. and you know yeah I'd fix it yeah. immediately but if it's their mind eh, no I'm sorry that's how I feel a lot of times when I tell people I can't go to something I have to take my child to therapy I had a mom at our our um girl child group go you're always going to therapy with them and I'm like yeah because I want them to be okay if they have a flu, yeah. I give them medicine. I can't fix this with NyQuil. Though sometimes right. you wish you could. You know, you have days where you're like, if there was just a one shot on this, I would take it. What's the easiest thing to do? Right. I tell you what, I'm gonna have to channel. I'm gonna channel Bell. Here's the thing I want to tell you about dyslexia. Um. I would almost be grateful because I know how to deal with that. You know, I know that problem. I have the resources. I know how we can get her the help she needs. I, I would be grateful that it's already a problem I can solve because learning new tools is a pain in the butt. That's a good point. That's, again, that's a very optimistic, realistic, authentic way of thinking of it. You're right. I mean, yeah. it, it, that is a system I'm learning how to navigate, and why wouldn't I navigate for both of them in – it may be something that she totally, you know, flips out, but thank you. Thank you for being just open and honest about it, um, about, you know, have the pushback that you receive. Um, but you're tenacious. I mean, <laughs> clearly. I, <laughs> so thank you. I need it. I don't know if you know, but I needed that. So thank well, you. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you can hear that. I guess the one thing I would want any devoted mom to hear is, there is no um, wrong time to go to a therapist. There is no little sign that you're overestimating. Go see one. They'll let you know if it's something that isn't right. Or maybe you are overreacting. But it's there's no stigma to it. There's nothing wrong. And I will applaud you for going and making sure your child is as mentally healthy as he is physically healthy. Because they're intertwined. You know, if you're brain is in a good place and you're happy, your body can be healthy. And if your body's healthy, your brain can do its job. So you have to work both sides of the body. Are there any things that you can share, maybe one particular thing that you'd like to share with devoted moms uh, that in hindsight you may have done differently had you known? Yes. I mean, there's hundreds of things you do differently. Had I known that my daughter suffered from um, an adjustment disorder, I would have moved differently. I 
we gradually worked our way across country, which meant she every place she would go to, she would have to adjust and then move and adjust and then move. And it was just one change after another. So when we got here, she kind of melted down. Had I known, I would have been like, we're going to fly her out. She'll stay with Auntie until we leave, and then we'll fly her out. Two changes as opposed to 12. But other than that, I've been just really blessed that I've had so many people in my life who are like, go get the help you need, go get the help you need, I'll help you get the help you need. I mean, we talked about Sarah. Sarah was like, so how, you know, she'd call me and be like, did Leona get into a therapy? How's she doing out there? Is she adjusting okay? And that's one of the best things is for other people to care about your kids as much as you do. So oh, totally. I've been we very all lucky, the time. very lucky about the people in my life. And like I said, my mom's here and she's constantly like, listen, you're a little crazy today. So, um... <laughs> Like a mother could only. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she's wonderful and fabulous, and I love her. And I know she can totally hear me right now, too. Um, but I, I I just, that, yeah, I, I would encourage people to get the help they need. And if I had it to do, again, I would do it earlier. I would start earlier. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's great advice. And I think, um, that's just key. I mean, I was just telling, you know, Regina the other day with my 20-month-old, there are just some things that I'm noticing in her that are different from my other two kids. And so, um, you know, I'm I'm starting to take the next step to just see and just explore. And like you said, I could be, it could be all in my head and just crazy and, and the doctor can give her a clean bill and, and uh, everything's fine. But, um, you know, that just kind of... Um, supported what I was feeling that, you know, I didn't want to wait, you know, is she too young? Should I wait till she's two or, you know, there's no wrong time to take her. And so, you know, we're starting that process with her. And um, so that, that I needed that as well um, today, Rebecca, you know, I don't think uh, Regina and I, <clears throat> I don't think Regina and I realized, you know, how much we would need you today. So I appreciate you being on and I feel like um, I made a new friend. So, um, so thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your inspiration, more importantly. Um, thank you for having so me. That's, you know really what, wonderful. that's my God story for today. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I think you got the God story out. <laughs> I think you're right. You know, I, I do want to say, Rebecca, um, I do think that there's, uh, that the, the divine definitely has inspired you and, um, just thank you. Thank you for using the gift of being open and honest. And it's okay, you know, crazy is cool. <laughs> crazy is a new cool. Yeah, um, you know, we're going to start our own hipster group. It's going to be fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, and I think that um, for our devoted moms, we just really want you to know that Tasha and I are here supporting you. Belle is now on board. And there's nothing that you will do wrong except for not doing anything at all, um, just because when you do start doing something, you'll feel bad about it. So I just want you to be encouraged to go ahead and do it and know that um, if you're doing it with the intention of helping your children, um, for me, helping myself is going to do nothing but help my children. Right. Um, and so I just want to encourage you to seek out mental health providers, um, if you didn't see our show last week, Dr. Berry did talk about how to identify um, professionals and what you should look out for. And, you know, be ready to to push. Uh, you know, we thought we stopped pushing when we were doing the labor thing, but I promise you, I'm still pushing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still pushing. And it's interesting because I learned um, early in my faith that push actually means Pray until something happens. And so so clearly you pushed um, Bell until people understood I'm the mother and I, I, I know this. Um, and now you're going to help me figure out what to do. So, right. um, yeah, we're just going to keep on pushing. <laughs> keep on pushing. Yeah, yeah. Best of... Um, of of all the wonderful things, I hope you don't get Kansas, even though I got Ken folks in Kansas, and Kansas has great barbecue. <laughs> I got friends there, too. Um, 
Ooh, right in the middle of the country. But, you know, I'm hoping for, like, Hawaii or California or something, girl. You know, something something oceanatic. <laughs> so I hope that you stay in touch with us. I hope that you um, maybe will allow us to peek in on how you he's doing at a later time. And just, you know, big up to you um, in all that you do. And kiss your mom. It's Mother's Day weekend or, Absolutely. you know, uh, give her a big kiss, and uh, I hope that all the devoted moms out there take at least a few minutes on Sunday to just breathe, embrace yourself, your role, all that you're doing is wonderful, um, and you're willing to do more and enhance it. And so, um, happy Mother's Day to Galcilia, um, and also to you, Tasha. We'll, you know, we'll do the God Mommy. Um, uh, calls on Sunday, but I love and right. appreciate you, sister, and I just, I, I, I thank God for this opportunity, and so thank you so very much, and next Thursday, there'll be a surprise, because we're not sure what we're talking about. <laughs> I think we might be doing Phenomenal Fathers. Yeah, Phenomenal Fathers yeah. will be next week. <laughs> Check us out on Facebook, Devoted Moms on Facebook is our page. Um, if you want to share this with uh, with other friends and family, it's on YouTube under uh, SylviaGlobal.com. Um, you know, that, that pretty much wraps it up for us today with Devoted Moms. All right, girl. I'll see you on the other side. Nice meeting you, Belle. Nice you meeting you, ladies, too. Thank you for Bye. having me. Bye, Mom. <laughs> Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.